All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Hello again, and welcome to Primitive Screwheads Talk Or. I'm Screwhead Dan. And I'm Screwhead Andrew. And we are here once again to dissect this member and discuss horror movies. Today we are continuing our Evil Dead-a-thon with the final film in terms of what's been released thus far uh, with the, the Evil Dead remake, uh, the 2013 version starring Jane Levy and uh, with a cameo from Bruce Campbell at the very, very end beyond the post credits on that front. <laughs> I am sorry. It looks like my cat has picked this time to start snacking on her dinner, which oh my is God, right behind my microphone. Yeah, I guess it my is dog, that My time. dog's bowl is right next to his, uh, right next to the microphone, and now he's actually digging in his bed like a fucking dick. <laughs> yes. But. So all our listeners are going to hear all those wonderful choppy noises. She's looking at me right now. She's just staring at me. Like, what? Yes, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you, baby girl. Gosh. How Ugh. dare you? I know, I know. She's three years old, entirely black, and she's very adorable, but <laughs> I'm just like, Gosh, she's also really smart. Like, she knows how to open doors and, like, how to work the automatic feeder and that sort of thing, too. Her brother, who is 10 years old, is much, much dumber than that. <laughs> so. That's, like, really not nice, but okay. I see how it is. Oh, he's a dumb. He's a dumb boy. He's a very, very wow. dumb boy. Wow. Wow. Taco, we all love you. Yes. he. We, we love him. He's a very sweet boy, but he's also a very dumb boy. Anyway, Andrew, how the hell are you doing? Uh, you know, I am, I'm doing great, man. Uh, I, uh, I'm recovering from a very bad sunburn. Uh, I spent on Friday. I uh, my wife ordered like I think four, four or five cubic yards of mulch and dirt, and I spent Friday into the night, and then basically all day Saturday out there, uh, shoveling it into different places. And I did not realize how freaking burned I was until like the next day. <laughs> uh, I apparently I, I like I'm like literally I'm like huh did I just get like skin cancer all over my back? I don't know, man. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, it's been a. It's nice, nice to be outside and, you know, doing work. How about yourself? How are you doing? Uh, doing all right. A little bit tired today. I had to drop my wife off at the airport. At, uh, she had a 7 a.m. flight this morning, so we woke up at, like, 4.30, drove on down, took care of that, all that squared away. Um, yeah, she's a Monday through Friday business traveler, so it's kind of a once-a-week thing, but it's usually not this early. Um, but, yeah, that was that. Uh, a little bit tired to take an hour-long nap in the middle of the work week, uh, or the work day today, which is nice because I work from home, and that's the cool stuff right there. Uh, but, yeah, other than that, uh, one thing I do want to kind of let your dear listeners know is that I am expecting a food delivery in roughly 35 to 45 minutes, so I may have to let Andrew speak while I take the 15 seconds to go outside and meet my door dasher and get my food and then just sit and stare at the food while I am podcasting and finishing up the episode with Andrew. The reason why I am doing this food delivery thing is because I am unable to use my oven or my <gasps> stove. No gas? For this, um, for the rest of this week. Oh, no, we have gas. Uh, well, it's an electric stove, but we, 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 I mean, well, the oven too, but well, we have, we have both of those. That, that's the thing we have. So why, why not? My wife, um, she went to a location for work last um, week, and she got a big cacao pod, like the kind you use to uh, make chocolate. And oh, yeah. it has been one of her life goals, apparently. It's the first time I'm hearing about it, to make chocolate entirely from scratch. So currently right now, our oven is being utilized for seven days to ferment the cacao beans or seed or something like that so next weekend she can go ahead and um 
basically create chocolate entirely from it. That sounds awesome. All right. You know what? I support her in this. I support her in this decision. <laughs> Let it yeah. happen. But I'm just like, okay, cool. I can make stuff up. Oh, nope. That requires the stove. Okay. I can make this up. Oh, nope. That requires the oven. Fuck. You know, okay. And, well, I'll just do for delivery and I'll just microwave all the leftovers. That'll work. Um, and the, the, but this is a great callback to, you know, for, for longtime listeners to our first season episode where I was also, I had Chinese food sitting next to me that I was waiting to get delivered <laughs> and then it got delivered in the middle of the episode. So, you know, I don't know what episode it was, but longtime listeners can go back. <laughs> and there's an episode yes. where the exact same thing happens where I think we opened it up with you being like, Andrew, I hear, understand you have food coming. So it's a callback. I love, I love a good callback. That's how it yeah, goes. It's, it's almost like a reboot or a remake. Yeah, hey! Like... <laughs> Bring that back on in. Yeah, boy. All right, Evil Dead remake. <laughs> anyway, so that's what's going on right there. Um, other than that, I do want to all let you know. Well, actually, it's not going to matter too much for the episode, but Andrew, you may hear my voice cut out because um, I have no internet. What? Is this a cacao as well? Is this, is uh, this... No, it wasn't a cacao thing, unfortunately not. Yeah, when, when I can't use the oven, I can't use the internet. It's weird how that works. Uh, now, we had a big storm rolling through in the southeast on Friday, and basically our big lightning strike came around our power went out for like five seconds and when it booted back up um we had a uh, our, our access point basically just stopped working like there's no lights i think it got fried in like a lightning strike um oh, which sucks because i just got your internet yeah and i'm not too happy with them right now because i've been basically calling them like twice a day saying hey i work from home i do video trainings this is a big fucking deal for me when is it coming back up please um but finally that guy just got an email like an hour ago saying um you know hey uh we're gonna send someone out to check out to your apartment sometime this week to check out exactly what's going on there uh, but in the meantime uh my neighbor who is literally like right next door to me uh she's graciously allowed us to use her wi-fi which is great so Aww. So speed isn't great, but it's. It, I'm making it work. I'm making it work all right. But I'm recording this locally, so the uh, yeah, the listeners, you should not notice anything. But Andrew, you may notice something. I notice. I notice everything. Yeah. Everything. And actually, uh, last thing before you know, again to the movie though. Uh, I heard you. You. You saw. The, you know the, the new Makoto Shinkai movie, uh, Suzume. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, my wife and I saw that on Sunday. Um, so yes, definitely you... very much related to horror. But uh, Your yeah, Name yeah. is one of my favorite anime movies of like all time, and probably one of my favorite movies of all time. Honestly, I just I love it. Uh, Weathering with You, I had issues with overall. Mm. I still really enjoyed it though. Uh, this one I would probably place above Weathering with You. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, but I definitely, agree. he's got a style at this point, and there's a lot of like motifs and cliches he uses at this point that I'm just like, okay, let's let's try something else a little bit. Let's do something a little bit more, a little bit different, but I definitely would recommend it. I do think was, he really likes, good. like, young women and older men or vice versa. I think he's into age gaps. So, like, you know, just, just yeah. saying, if you want to make an anime about me, Makoto Shinkai, just saying, my wife's six years older. If you ever want to, like, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm five years older than my wife. Oh, my God. See? There we go. You know, we just we just got to, you know, we got we to gotta, we gotta go meet him. We'll be like, hey, hey, hey. Yeah. You'll love us. We, we, we live your, your dream, bro. Um, yeah. But, yeah, but no, it was a very good movie. Really liked it. Um, yeah, I just wish I, I there was a little bit more Rad Wimps music because I was going to ask music. you. Yeah, there, there's only, only the ending theme, right? Uh, there, there is, and then the soundtrack has two extra tracks that recorded. One of which was the kind of like main Suzume theme, uh, the female voice that's just kind of going mm. around throughout the rest of the movie, and that that they recorded. But uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, I think Weathering with You had a fantastic soundtrack, but this one was a little bit. Uh, 
a little bit different on that front. And the music they did have was good. It was just not enough of it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Rad Wimps has yeah. been released and other stuff, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, so for anybody who, you know, who uh, this weekend, the New Eagle Dead's coming out, for anybody who, uh, you know, isn't quite feeling the cheese grater on their, you know, cheese graters, cheese grater legs, if anybody's not feeling that, you know, maybe a little dark, uh, you know, this movie is amazing. Go see it. It's, it's, I like, I, I wish, I wish more people would go see these movies so they get more wide releases. I, I, I don't know about you, but I think Susan May here is only playing for a couple weeks. Uh, at least yeah. the theaters near me and the, and the show times aren't like great. Like I ended up actually taking the day off of work to go see it. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because I want to find a good showtime, um, and you know, I, I don't think that there's much advertisement for it. I think that you know, especially for like you know, for the amount of Miyazaki uh, that gets that's constantly replayed every year in theaters, I really think that these other movies should really be elevated and hopefully seen more. Yeah, um, or you can see the Mario movie, which I hear is pretty decent. That was I the might one actually see that later today, honestly. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, I hear it's pretty good. Um, one thing that I did notice is like whenever we, my wife and I walked into the movie theater, like it was packed with kids. I mean, we did see it on a Sunday afternoon, but we and like five other people were the only people seeing Susan May. Everyone else was seeing Mario and it was just the place oh. was run amok with damn wiener kids. So Can, I gotta ask you though, did, did you cry at Susan May? Uh, yes, absolutely. <gasps> I, I've credited every one of Matako's, uh, Shinkai's movies. He's great. I, I, I think whether I with you didn't, didn't really make hit me in the feels as much as I wanted it to. Uh, yeah, but... I, I did like that the, the niece aunt relationship, and there's a couple scenes near the mm-hmm. end that kind of made me tear up on that front. Oh, but, yeah, so. her, her talking to herself was like I. There, there was a Jim Bro and uh, his girlfriend who clearly dragged into the movie because she kept talking about it. Uh, they, they were, they were both, like hit, she was crying, he wasn't, and he was like right next to me, and I'm like, all right, I can't cry because like this is an emotional scene, but Jim Bro's next to me, <laughs> and I got like, <laughs> but then this couple behind me was crying, and I was like, god damn it, it's it's an emotional scene, man. Um, uh, speaking of which um, like dates and movies and dragging people to movies as well uh, going back to Evil Dead on this point um, I was reading a topic on Evil Dead Rise on Reddit and someone was saying oh yeah you know I've been seeing this lady friend and I am taking her to Evil Dead Rise this weekend she's not really a scary movie fan knows nothing about the Evil Dead series and uh, you know is basically all she knows is that it is a let me find the exact comment uh, she has no idea what the movie is, except I said it's kind of scary and my kids don't want to go with me. She didn't even ask for the name of the movie, so she won't have a clue. And I'm just like, dude. The, the, everyone was just like, this is a terrible idea. Enjoy your last date. It was like the movie equivalent of taking a date to like a Gigi Allen concert and being, hey, yeah, no, it's just a punk concert. That's all it is. <laughs> Man. Uh, you know, maybe she thinks she's the Pope's exorcist. Maybe she's a big, uh, a big uh, who's that actor? Russell Crowe fan. Um, you know, so maybe she's like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, Pope's Exorcist, that's what I want to go see. And so she's going to be really surprised. She's like, wow, mm-hmm. what a movie. <laughs> I, I, I'm i not going to lie. I'm like, I keep watching the trailer and stuff for this movie. And like, I'm like, I, you know, we'll talk about it a little bit. But like this movie to me, like the one we watched for tonight, for today, the 2013 remake, always kind of gets me cringing a bit. And I this this one just seems like they want to double down on that. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm excited, but also kind of like, oh, God. <laughs> I don't, I don't like cheese grater like I don't know, man. <laughs> oh, that's a new one. I'm so sorry. I just got a, going back into the order delivery saga, um, my order was apparently picked up, and then it was subsequently canceled. Uh-oh. Like, Does it was mean... picked up. The guy was tracking, I was tracking the dasher. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. I don't know if they got into an accident, maybe, or something. I hope they're okay. 
or they just don't or they picked up the food like this isn't a good enough tip or they ate it like mm, this looks really good <laughs> let me try a little bit of this and you know normally it's like one fry they eat but this time they're like oh man i ate the whole sandwich fuck and then they gotta like yeah you know i didn't tell you what it was it's korean fried chicken there's like this authentic korean fried chicken is it oh like, fuck so, oh yeah, that, yeah that's why they kept it they're like this is yeah. delicious i'm keeping this goodbye human who ordered this yeah oh well well i got refunded let me go ahead and try it one more time and we'll get it squared away all right, deliver, hopefully. Will they deliver to mass if they if we ask them? Like, hey. I don't know. Either I'm going to get two fried chickens or I'm going to get one. Cool. All um, right, the, awesome. The, the other option is that he heard how much we were stalling starting the episode, and he's like, this is going to be way too early. <laughs> we cancel this. Give there him some go. time. He's a bro. We're, he's a bro. We're, 10, yeah, we're, we're 12 minutes in. We're live, surprisingly. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right so anyway, let's, let's hop into this. this. Let's, let's yes. hop into it. So, Dan, Dan, 2013... Yeah. Uh, I don't know about you. I was just graduating college, uh, my bachelor's, getting my bachelor's in film and uh, dual major in history. Uh, you know, this movie came out. Uh, I think I was, at this point, I was, we, are, we must have already both already been accepted to go to, to Korea at this point. Yeah, uh, I was actually you know, in Korea because I think I arrived a year before you. Wait, no, what? it was August, August 2013, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. We came at yeah, the same yeah. time then. Yeah, yeah. But at this point, we must have been accepted. We're doing all of our visa paperwork and all that shit oh, yeah. during this time. Um, so describe me, Jan, uh, Dan, what was, your first, uh, what was your first experience with Evil Dead 2013? Um, I believe, let's say I was living in the suburbs of Chicago at the time. I actually don't think I saw this one when it came out in theaters because I was just huh? all, I know, I know. I was, I was so caught up in life and everything going on at the time. That was kind of a very tumultuous uh, part in that. But I do remember um, when it came to streaming or whatever it did later on or DVD, I did purchase it digitally i think it was a few months later yeah because i i think i remember my girlfriend at the time was like visiting her mom or something like that in texas and i was just like okay cool now it's horror movie time so i remember turning the lights off and i'm just like okay i got a big bowl of popcorn or whatever i cooked during that time i had it and um yeah it was definitely an experience definitely much more intense than the other movies um but it was kind of all around on that point and uh it was great it was wonderful. So, yeah, how about you? What was your experience? So I, I was pumped. I went on theaters. Um, I, I tried a few friends. Um, in college, I hosted, like, a, a programmed housing um, with for horror movies. So I grabbed all those people who went and saw it. Um, and, yeah, no, I, I, I think it, I'm pretty sure it was a packed house. I think we met – I think – I, I used to really be into midnight showings, and I still am, but I think that now they're no longer midnight. It's not as exciting for me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure I dragged my friends to go see it midnight showing. Um, and I do, I will say, I think that my, I, I don't remember being super thrilled by it when I, the first time I saw it. Like, I mm-hmm. liked it, but I, like, you know, was missing Ash and missing some of that stuff. Um, but I, I'm pretty sure I saw it twice in theaters. Um, and actually, one thing I want to bring up, Dan, so this came out, I think, like a year or so after Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Um, did that did that change your perspective on this movie at all? Or did that or did that like going into this movie after seeing Cabin in the Woods, which was basically a deconstruction of the previous films in this uh, genre? I, and like, you know, I feel like specifically this franchise was very heavily used for Cabin in the Woods. Um, yeah, definitely. But I mean, like the Cabin in the Woods is a horror movie trope for the longest time. Um, hmm. Yeah, I don't honestly don't think so because it was about yeah 2012 is when Cabin in the Woods came out um honestly yeah I don't really think I compared the two at any points like mm-hmm. Cabin in the Woods was definitely a deconstruction but at the same time it, it was like Galaxy Quest in that it paid homage and didn't you know it was a deconstruction definitely but at the same time it wasn't a 
insulting to it. It wasn't mm-hmm. like a making fun of it or in any way. It, it, it was all very lighthearted, very tongue-in-cheek in terms of, yeah, it's a homage, but at the same time, it's a deconstruction. They're showing respect to the source material, basically. So, mm. yeah. I, as I remember seeing the trailer for so I remember the teaser for Cabin in the Woods coming out. Um, it was before The Evil Dead was announced, uh, you know, the, the remake. And I remember seeing that trailer, you know, hearing, you know, rustlings that there'd been Evil Dead remake or a sequel at some point. And seeing that trailer for Cabin in the Woods pissed me off so much because, like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> like, you know, it, 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 I think it was, like, it was like a red cabin in the woods, like, going through blood and stuff. And, like, you know, some creepy music was, like, the, it was the original teaser for Cabin in the Woods. And they must have known they were fucking with us because they're just, like, <laughs> I remember being like, fuck this. This isn't Evil Dead. Um, but I remember part of, like, being excited for this movie was that I actually, I really did not love Cabin in the Woods. Like, I enjoyed it. But then I heard all the discourse after about how it was such like a revolutionary movie, and I feel like it got oh, a lot of yeah. praise for I thought grabbing really low hanging trope fruit, you know, kind of like I feel like to almost a degree what some of the um, later scary movies movies do, where it's kind of like I always felt like I don't know, it was poking fun at the very basic uh, I don't know tropes without like making a fun commentary on it, like I feel like Scream did. It was just kind of mm-hmm. like here they are. Um, I remember that really annoyed me because, <laughs> uh, like, I don't, again, I, I don't think Josh Green's a great writer. I think he's kind of a hack. Uh, but and I'm glad that I think the world seems to have turned on him a bit. <laughs> yeah. um, but not so much for his writing skills, but yeah. I mean, I, I, I they turned on him. I think he's kind of like a one-trick pony to a degree. But uh, I, I don't know. I remember being really excited when this movie came out for that, though, because it's like, thank God, like back, you know, like let's see this trope. Not only the trope done well, but then subverted and actually made interesting, uh, which I really appreciate this movie for. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so I'm trying to think. I don't. I know what we're probably going to go into spoilers immediately. So should we? Do you just want to give? Do you want to give a description first? I can't remember. What's our? Do we do we do what we like? Or do we go into our? Yeah, yeah. Usually we just go ahead and give a short description of the movie, and then we go ahead and say whether we recommend seeing this movie or not. Uh, general thoughts of it, and then we'll go straight into spoilers. Um, this is a very basic plot. Um, in terms, of, I mean, there's a few twists here and there, especially you know if you know the whole Evil Dead formula. And the whole Cabin in the Woods formula, I guess. Not the movie itself, but just kind of the cliche. Um, but yeah, in terms of Evil Dead, it is a remake of the first Evil Dead, and by extension, a little bit of the second Evil Dead as well. A uh, bunch of friends get together, go to a cabin in the woods. Uh, Book of the Dead is read. Weird shit starts happening. Lots of people die, turn to deadites, that sort of shit as well. It is an extremely gory movie, um, and that's pretty much it. So, yeah, um, in terms of comparison to the original movie, this one is definitely plays it a lot more serious. It's a lot more intense than the previous movies, and it's a lot less fun. Wow. No, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound no, right. I, 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 I think that is, it, that. It, it's a lot less lighthearted. It's a lot yes. less, like, self-deprecating than I feel like Evil Dead 2 and 3 are, or sorry, Army of Darkness. I do think that it's in line with the first one. I think the first one is straight horror, and I think this one really goes mm-hmm. with that. Yeah, it's also a very oppressive movie as well. Like this mm-hmm. one, they are attempting to gross you out. They are attempting to kind of like freak you out, that sort of thing as well. But um, yeah, that's kind of how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, and, yeah. and, and the thing I would say about this movie is I, I meant to ask you that. Do you consider this a remake? How do you see it? Because um, uh, the, like, there is an official statement, but did you going in, what did you think about it? Or has that changed over time? Yeah, I'd say this is more of a re-imaging because, like, none of the characters are the same. Basically, the only thing is this... Well, I mean, there are bits and pieces here and there in terms of moments that happen in the first movie that are kind of reimagined for the second movie as well. And, of course, they've got a little stuff here and there. But I think it does enough differently to kind of separate it and turn it more into a re-imaging than a straight-up remake. Hmm. But I think there's well, arguments for both, honestly. I mean, I always went into it as a sequel. Like, uh, uh, you know, like a... Like and and I, and I think that that is where uh, he landed eventually. 
that it is like a spiritual sequel. Like it's a sequel, but just like in a kind of a roundabout way. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, there, there are elements that, that come from previous movies that are in here. Um, but I don't know, I, I, he did recently come out and kind of say that it is more or less a sequel as well, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, but so for those people who do, you know, who I think a lot of people were, were afraid, not afraid, but a lot of people were like, oh, it's just a fucking remake. Uh, but technically it is a sequel. Um, it, is, it does take place like Ash did exist in this universe, theoretically. There definitely are some inconsistencies with the movies. Um, uh-huh. Which I think is kind of, but there's always been so. Yeah, I, well, exactly. I, I think that almost makes it fit more in line. <laughs> like mm-hmm. having inconsistencies, having the truck or having the classic be there when the classic got pulled into the vortex at the end of two, you know. Mm-hmm. But I think, but I think the way that he said it is that he says it's a sequel to the first one. So yeah. two didn't necessarily happen in this movie, mm-hmm. um, or it did, but just kind of in a different way. Because um, I think he kind of he he implies that it's like it's this idea that like this. It's like, a, like it actually very is Cabin in the Woodsy in the sense that like this ritual, this thing's going to keep occurring where the book keeps pulling people in and doing things to them. But it's like, so it's like a sequel set in the same kind of world. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping that's kind of what um, Evil Dead Rise is going to be. It's again, it's going to be about the book doing these things. And it's like kind of the book has agency. It's not the cabin. It's not that. But it's the book that is the connecting or the evil element that kind of leaks into places. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of I like that, that concept that he had. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, and I think that's a great description. Like, I, I, I do like that. So, like, I do think the original movie is much, is very bare bones, Cabin in the Woods. Uh, you know, a group of teens goes to the Cabin in the Woods to hang yeah, out. Yeah, it's one and, of the first movies that started that whole thing, so. Mm-hmm. It, but I like that this one adds the complication of, like, so, in the, in this one, you know, if we were to elaborate on the on the plot, it's it's that, you know, th- this group of uh, kids goes to, and not kids, but young adults, goes to um, a Cabin in the Woods to help um, one of their friends, uh, uh, one of her main characters, sister, who's yeah. also actually is the main character, Mia, uh, go through rehab. So she's been in a lot of situations where um, she's kind of pushed herself to the brink, you know, maybe didn't come back, uh, almost didn't come back, you know, risked, almost died a couple times. Uh, due to yeah. her, mm-hmm. Yeah, to her ODing. And so their idea is they're going to have her gold cold turkey in this cabin, away, isolated from people where they can kind of process her. They have a friend there who's a nurse who can um, help her through stuff. They have... Um, you know, comes a longtime childhood friend. Uh, they have the brother and his girlfriend all there to support her. Um, so I really like that framing device. And um, yeah, again, but then again, they find the evil, and the evil comes. Uh, but I really, I really like that kind of elaboration on the on the basic plot. And um, I like, I really like that too, just because again, this this movie is so much more oppressive than the other movies, and I think a big part of that is the lack of Bruce Campbell. Like, it's not. Oh, wacky Bruce Campbell doing his wacky thing. Like, all of the characters in this movie are playing it completely straight. There's no comic relief character. Um, it is, you know, just a bunch of people in depressing situations or have been in depressing situations and continue to be in depressing situations, which is great for the atmosphere. I'm really glad they do it, but it is a definitely much different vibe. Um, I guess going back to it, I, and I don't say this as a bad thing, but this is definitely less fun in terms of the atmosphere from the other Evil Dead movies on that front. But at the same time, it is kind of fun in like a being scared sort of way. Like the older Evil Deads are kind of like a haunted house where you're walking them through. Oh, that's scary. Oh, that's so weird. That sort of thing as well. This one is definitely more fun in a, I don't know. I feel like this is I, this, I it's like, lost the comparison. Yeah, <laughs> this is like like I almost you know it's like it's like uh, I don't know death metal versus kind of like light metal you know or like, yeah, like maybe yeah, like rock. That. It's like that, like Evil Dead Evil Dead one and two are rock and this is like heavy metal. We're like holy shit! Like this this is like, this is like a holy shit roller coaster ride. Like kind of yeah. as opposed to walking through the the horror house. Like what do you the, 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 what 
what, what do you call it? Haunted House. There we go. I Haunted House. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, and actually, you know, I just realized this is, uh, Dan, we are, this movie's 10 years old now. Oh, yeah, shit. It came out April 5th. So wow. we are, uh, we are at, like, you know, at, like the actual release, not the South by Southwest release is April, uh-huh. April 5th. So we are, you know, a little bit over 10 years. Nice. Crazy. Well, happy birthday, Evil Dead 2013. Oh, happy birthday. <laughs> um, <laughs> but anyway, I, I, we're kind of hopping around here. Uh, but real, yeah, real I quick, just, I kind of. Yeah, sorry. I want to just jump on and read it there. Yeah. I, what do you think, like, the public perception was, or what was the public perception to this movie when it first came out? Because I do remember it was very divisive or divisive at this point uh, when it came out because people were just like, oh, it's not Bruce Campbell. It's definitely a much scarier film. It's a much more oppressive film. It's a lot more violent. It's a lot more gory, um, realistic gore as well, and just all over the place. But yeah. I, what, my what memory. Did you... Sorry? No, go ahead. What I say, my memory is roughly what you said. I think a lot of people didn't love it because there's no Bruce Campbell, and I think a lot of people were surprised at how crazy it was. Because, like you know, like you said, like I think, I think a lot of people remember Ash as Evil Dead Two and Three, and don't remember that the first one was straight horror. And like I think that that's and like that's what I appreciated about it was I was like, oh shit, they're going back to straight horror. Uh, and I think a lot of people, you know, also you said like there are some gross scenes in this movie. There are some really mm-hmm. fucked up scenes, especially after people who saw this movie after seeing Cabin in the Woods. I think I think a lot of people probably saw Cabin in the Woods like haha fun let's make fun of the tropes and they went into this movie like ha let's see those tropes and you're like oh shit that girl cut her th- tongue open with the box cutter what the fuck and that was like a very like I think that was a very polarizing thing for a lot of people um, and you know again I, I like I said like I I had a similar re- reaction not that it, like like I I liked it but I was kind of like where's Bruce um, but I do remember like being very satisfied with the ending of Bruce uh, the uh, the teaser I remember being like ah oh, there he is like and being sated by that <laughs> like mm-hmm. which is very like which as which I, I think i enjoyed a lot back then but now as an adult watching it i'm like oh it's fucking dumb like <laughs> what a like apparently that that was like literally thrown at the last second they just kind of recorded on their own for fun and tossed it in there um so you know thanks for thanks to these drug guys but like what what, what are you doing <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah i don't know that, that that like i remember that like again i didn't unfortunately at that time i didn't really have a lot of friends who were super into it um evil dead so i didn't really get a lot of them uh you know their opinions on it but how about you? What did you hear about it? Yeah, no, I pretty much agree. I think when the movie came out, a lot of people were really upset about it in terms of the direction it took and how oppressive it was and everything like that. But at the same time, I think this movie has been very kind, or the time has been very kind to this movie. Um, as time has gone on, as people have, you know, kind of taken this, and especially since Jane Levely has kind of exploded in terms of being a minor screen queen in her own right with all the other movies she's come out with, um, it has definitely been kinder to it and i think a lot of people like this movie a lot more than they did when it came out which i think is good because overall Mm. i do really enjoy this movie i think it's a good movie um yeah and i'm excited to get in a little bit more to it so do you want to get into spoiler story or yeah and one last comment i i do think the part of what's tempered that over time is that ash vs evil dead came out yeah i think a lot of people saw this as the end of ash like ah fuck ash is gone and now that ash vs evil dead came out and he had kind of his his you know his ending to a degree, not that it's a great ending. I think that's that show. I like. I enjoyed the show. I don't think the ending. I don't think the end for him was great. Uh, but you know, I think it, it, they brought him back, and I think a lot of people thought like, oh, by by releasing this movie, we're never going to see Ash again. So I think now having that option that Ash does exist, I think then Mia was able to become a bigger people like you know were able to be like, all right, they're they're separate. Mia's her own thing. Ash is his own thing. Um, but it's kind yeah. of like the Devil May Cry series when they came out with the DMC reboot and everyone hated it. So then DMC five came out and people were just like, okay, now we can see, you know, it's, it's not, it's not a terrible game. It's not the best, but it's not a terrible game. I can see it now. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, but before we hop into two complete spoilers, just Dan, general thoughts on this movie? Like, I know we do our kind of like quick quick rating. What do you yeah. say? Um, I would say I recommend it. Definitely don't go expecting a zany Bruce Campbell fest. This, again, is a very dark, very gory, very in-your-face um almost Ari Aster in some aspects before Ari mm. Aster even, you know, started directing like full-length movies. Um, yeah, it is a dark, depressing movie, and there is a absolutely massive amount of blood and gore. I think didn't it break, like, some world record for, like, the most amount of blood or something like that in the movie? I feel like I heard something like that, yeah. It was it was a crazy amount, which um, exactly was what it needed to be, but um, yeah, this is, this is definitely lights out watch it sort of thing maybe with a few friends if they all shut up along the way and don't talk um but mm-hmm. that's that right there but definitely know what you're getting into beforehand don't take a first date to it yeah absolutely yeah i'm the same boat i i, I actually and I, I i think this is my favorite evil dead movie i think i think it's beat the others out um and again i think i think the story behind the first one will always be my will always like you know the the, the story behind the first one will always be the thing mm-hmm. you know like i, I think if we were to divorce the fourth, the first one from everything I know about it, and you know all that, I, I think that this movie is a better movie. Um, I really like it, and I think that like the gore is over the top, but I don't think I see that many movies like that. So it's like it's unique for that to me. Mm-hmm. And again, so much is practical. So I think and like it's made by people who love it too. Like you know, um, Fede Alvarez and like all, all the, the cinematographer, uh, the. Uh, the who does the music the music person <laughs> they they all really Composer. liked it like they, they were big fans and this is like a passion project for them they tried so much to do practical oh, yeah. effects so like i really even even though i know that doesn't you know obviously it's not the same experience you know you can't you can't recreate something from the 70s now with that same experience because it's a completely different you know studio atmosphere but i outside of that story outside of that like i I'll always love the story of evil dead but i think that like this movie as a movie, I think I might enjoy it more just for the depth it adds, for the, the subplots that are going on, the sister-brother relationship, the, the the themes of addiction. I just think that it, overall, I think they really took this movie, this base concept, and really made it better. I think they, they, they fleshed out so much more of it in terms of effects, in terms of plot and story, that I just really, I, I don't know, I, I think I like it more. I think I think, I think it beats it for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, and again, that's not saying I don't like the others. I think it's just... I think that, like, I, if we're, like, you know, I would say that, like, you know, Evil Dead 1 and 2, and they're, they're kind of the do-bro movie, but this is kind of, like, taking that and elevating it more to, like, a higher-class cinema. Not to say that, again, I'm not saying that the first one isn't amazing in terms of everything it does and all the, the work they put into it. Like, that is a great feat that was done. But uh, I, I, I think that I now, I, you know, kind of watching them all through, and again, it might have been that Ashford's, not Ashford's uh, Evil Dead, but Army of Darkness, you know, kind of may have soured it for me a little bit at the end there uh, in terms of his character. But I just really, I don't know, I had such a fun time watching this movie. And it's like a fun time while also being grossed the fuck out. <laughs> oh, yeah, um, definitely. So I, don't know, I will say, I, I think uh, I think this one might actually beat, um, beat out Evil Dead 1 for me. But not, again, but also not to say I'm never going to watch Evil Dead 1 again. I think it's just mm-hmm. in terms, like, you know, if I were to objectively look at them, I think this is, might be a better movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. Um, yeah, so, yeah, cool. I, I get, like you said, go see it. Be ready for some gore. Um, I think that it does that some, I think you like, you know, once you kind of accept the gore that it is, it becomes a really fun ride, but it definitely is jarring at first, uh, when you first start watching it. Um, and yeah, so I think it's intense. You know, it's, it's very, intense. very intense. Yeah. It's definitely not for everybody. Uh, yeah, but yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, spoiler territory over. We both recommend it. Uh, I mean, bleh, no spoiler territory over. We are getting into spoiler territory now. So let's get on into it. So what scenes like really stuck out to you in terms of this particular movie or if there's any other topic we want to talk about? 
Oh, well, first, the opening sequence. I, I fucking love yes. the opening sequence. Oh, it's so good. All right, like, so if you haven't seen it, which you should, uh, basically it is this girl running through the woods. She's obviously scared, terrified out of her mind. Uh, she gets kidnapped by a few people and tied up, and basically she gets covered in gasoline and lit on fire the whole time she's pleading uh, because one of the people who kidnapped her is her actual father. And then right before she dies, we get the reveal that she's actually a deadite in disguise, and it's really just kind of a merciless at that point because she's already possessed. And it's just it's such a good tense way to start off the movie it's fantastic well, and i love the scene because like she's begging begging her dad not to kill her dad it's me dad it's me dad you know oh god and she's like she's like ah. she starts whispering he's like baby i'm so sorry and she's like i'll rip your soul out daddy i'll rip your fucking soul out dad and like it's it's so fucking good it's such a good turn it's such good like acting and like i think that's a great like again that's a great way to kind of show this movie what it's going to be it's going to be like intense it's going to be kind of scary kind of creepy but also like you know She's yelling "fuck" as she gets burned alive. It's yeah, like it's not going to have any. It's not going to pull its punches. It is. It is intense the whole way through. And like, and again, I don't really know where that sits in the continuity of the series because it looks like kind of like they're dressed up old to a degree, but also like you know they're using an old rifle because that's like what's what they, that's what they find in the cabin in the first movie. You know, like I and there's all the weird cats and shit. And I kind of took this as like an in between Evil Dead One in this. Like this was mm-hmm. some other people happened across the cabin. Um, it would have been cool. Also, I think if that was supposed to be like Nobi. Uh, like, right, like remember how like in the first one it's Nobi's, uh, uh, I forget what his name is, but in the second one his daughter comes in. I was like, oh, what well, this is the cool recreation if that's the daughter and this one she gets possessed and the dad has to kill her. Like, that would be really cool. I don't know. Uh, I don't. That's that's probably not what it is, but I I really like that idea. Um, but I think it's a, it sets the stage so well for it. And it, you know, and then after that there is a period of time before anything happens again. So it's a nice way to open it and get you right in there. Um, okay. Like I think part of what makes this movie great is that. It can exist without the franchise and the property existing. I think a lot of movies nowadays really rely on the property existing prior to them. And this one, like, that scene alone just proved the concept of this movie. Uh, you know, like, it doesn't need, Evil Dead doesn't need to exist prior to this movie for you to enjoy this movie, uh, mm-hmm. which I really liked. Um, and I, I wish we'd got more about that, but great scene. Could, like, yeah. Bet one of the best opening scenes I've ever seen. Like, because that could that could be its own little short film. Like, that could be the that could be like you know the lights out proof concept trailer, and I would be sold. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, boy, it's so good. <laughs> really really good, really mm-hmm. really good movie. Uh, yeah, what other like good scenes stuck out to you on that front? I mean, I'm trying to think. Uh, there's so many though. <laughs> I like I really like this movie a lot. Um, like I, I actually, honestly, the thing I like is I just, I just love the characters in the movie. So when they first pull up and all the characters yes. are talking, I think the chemistry between these characters is so good. Like the awkward relationship between Mia uh, and David, and even just like Olivia, who is um, there, you know, uh, Mia's, Mia's friend, and he clearly was an old friend of David, and mm-hmm. uh, her boyfriend, um, fuck, what is his name? Uh, crap, what is his name? Uh, Eric. Eric, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. the, 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 the tension that's there, and like the kind of like, hey, we used to be friends, and you kind of fucked off after, you know, your mom was getting sick, mm-hmm. is great. And I, I thought they did a great job with that. And, like, making this character, making the story about um, her, you know, making, making it plausible that they're going to this cabin to get her cold turkey. And she is some, and, like, all these things that are happening to her. Because she is the Cheryl character. She's the one who gets um, infected first. She's the one who everyone's kind of like, eh, you know, you, instead of what a stupid bitch, mm-hmm. <laughs> to, to quote the musical. <laughs> I really it's, it's... liked how the plot turned that in its head. Because, yeah, she is the Cheryl character on that front. But in the third act, we kind of get a twist where she becomes unpossessed. And she basically becomes the final girl of this movie, uh, which I thought was very cool, very clever, kind of unexpected. And 
she she played being a dead eyed and being a protagonist just really really well on both fronts. Oh. Dude, yeah. she was such a good. She was so like she was creepy in this movie. She like Jane Levy. Like I, I don't think she's done anything lately, but she like after, you know I know she did uh, uh, don't, breathe. don't breathe and she did mm-hmm. that um, Zoe's extraordinary playlist. But like I think she hasn't. I, I need her to see her come back. And she's in um what's that movie? That Castle Rock shot. I think I kind of stopped that uh, in that mm-hmm. season. But I mean like she is so good. Like when she comes inside and it's like David, 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 we need to leave. We need to get the fuck out of here, David. Like. She is so good, and like it's so creepy. And, and when she is like, you know, when she is under the or in the um the 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 basement, like apparently I thought that she was like completely CG'd up. That was apparently is all practical effects, her eyes and all that shit. That's all part. That's all just her, mm-hmm. like insane actress. Um, and, and like you said too, like I love the twist because I forgot how much David is a character in this movie. In my mind, it's always Mia, Mia, Mia. But David is the protagonist for like most of this movie. Yep. Um, and it's, you know, and it clearly is Ash and Cheryl um, with, you know, Cheryl in this one, instead of getting, you know, being a quote unquote prude, she is a drug addict um, who watched her mom die uh, and, you know, is in a weird place and he believes her. Um, but like that, I don't know that because, you know, obviously Ash cares for Cheryl and again, rewatching the first one recently, seeing Ash be like, all right, let's fucking take you to a place like, you know, you, you need to leave, we can leave. Like seeing I, that the dynamic is really, I think taken and you know developed more in this movie um and i, I just love it it's like I, I feel like that that is an improvement all the characters are improvement you know we don't have a, a dick scotty we have all these characters who really care about me and are trying to help her um the mm-hmm. only one who maybe is a little bit of a dick is eric but even he like he's not a dick he's just like kind of an idiot i don't know <laughs> yeah and i really liked eric's well i don't even say he's an idiot because like he figures out i mean yeah he oh. does release the book on everybody but at the same time too like he recognizes what's going on he tries to come up with a plan tries to come up with mm, a strategy the whole true. way through like i, yeah, I, I think it's he's, wrong word. he's he releases it but at the same time he's very competent about it um honestly if anyone in this movie would be most similar to ash i would probably say it's eric and i really like the character he was a lot of fun to watch um lou taylor pookie poochie poochie um, was the uh was the actor and yeah i thought he did a really really good job especially mm. you know the the needle attack scene in the bathroom oh my god yeah that was oh, the, so oh. good oh. <laughs> yeah. but i do agree with that i think i think him i think i feel like him and david kind of are ash combined maybe maybe yeah. david's the ash appearance with the with the sister complex and then uh-huh. yeah but and i think that kind of makes sense though because i think the one thing about ash is that, like I, you know to make somebody in this movie be i don't know more academic about the um demons I mean, it's almost like that they took, um, what's his name? Ed. Uh, uh, Ed from Evil Dead 2. Uh, he, I, you know, I, th- I feel like he would be kind of who Poochie was also in this, or who Eric was in this, if he hadn't gotten fucking killed in two seconds. Because, uh, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, he was the academic who came in um, and, you know, kind of knew about the, the demons. Um, but, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about Eric a little bit. Eric, Eric, yeah, Eric was great. Uh, and, and the book in this one. Because the book was different, right? In all the previous ones, the book was just kind of down there. Uh, mm-hmm. And in this one, it's fucking wrapped in barbed wire. It's in a trash bag. And, like, Eric is, like, really to take some pains to open that thing up. Yeah. Um, but I, I thought, I liked, I liked in this one, like, you know, it was weird that there were, I guess there was English written on it because there was the Sumerian, I'm assuming, was the other language that he was mm-hmm. able to translate or something. Um, but there's all these English passages like "Don't read this," and then he like I like that they ripped out the page, and then he, uh, you know, script, he, he used his little like uh, grave rubbings to like find it. <laughs> I don't know that, that was cool. Um, mm-hmm. and, and like you mentioned too, I like that he tries to put it back in the box. You know, he's like, "Hey, uh, 
I think maybe like, you know, shit starts going wrong. He's like, I think, you know, maybe I may have done something. So maybe like this is our fault and maybe we should try to get this the fuck out of here. Um, which may be why the evil targets him so much because he gets, he's a fucking punching bag in this movie. Oh yeah. Um, like you already mentioned like the scene where Olivia uh, stabs him in the chest with a broken mirror, stabs him in the eye and all around the face with a, a needle. Um, and then what he gets in, he gets shot with a nail gun. He gets uh, his hand fucking broken with a, uh, sledgehammer not sledgehammer sorry a uh, crowbar uh, does anything else happen to him uh, let's think. see no he's not the box cutter uh gets the nail gun do you say the nail gun already to the arm yeah 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 he gets the nail yeah. gun oh dude when it fucking pins it to his own chest he has to pull it out yes Ooh. yes yes oh my god and that's i think like that reaction right there is kind of how i feel about this movie like it it's like watching a pimple popping video in terms of you're watching it with your hands over your eyes but peeking through the glad the little um break in your hands right there or fingers right there it's like looking back and remembering these things and laughing about it just like oh my god this is so ridiculous this is so out there that sort of thing mm-hmm. but at the same time it is very much a um yeah it, it, it's a lot of fun to kind of go on in and figure it out from there well, it's, it's fun because, like, it's not comedic, but to see the punishment Eric takes in this movie is almost kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Like, not in the moment, but when you walk out of the movie, you're like, holy shit, that guy got, like, the... Because I think he... Does he also get cut with the box cutter? I think you might be right. Doesn't... At the end, because at the end isn't, um... Isn't uh, Mia about to, like, get David at one point and he comes downstairs and, like, does something? Because then, then he gets hit... I think he gets hit again before he falls into the water. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I can't remember what happens to him before then. Maybe or he may have just passed out from you know having the shit beaten out of him. <laughs> it's just like I did my job and like you know passes out. Um, but yeah, no, that was that was insane. Um, he he was insane. And again, like, I think I think he was a great character. Um, uh, and it, it's unfortunate because I feel like it's you know it's really him and David. The, the the other than Mia, the female characters are kind of you know again just like the original. The female characters kind of just one offed. Um, uh, Olivia gets uh, possessed when uh, Mia vomits into her mouth, and she mm-hmm. uh, cuts open her face. Uh, which I did. I did kind of. I kind of like the idea that there's this, that in the book it kind of showed what was happening to them. Um, it's like almost like a prophesized thing where they, the book shows that. So she, then that's what she does. She cuts off her face, uh, and then he has to fucking cave in her head with the uh, toilet seat lid or a toilet seat yeah. uh, cover. And I really like too just how they added a little bit more rules and a little bit more lore to the Book of the Dead and everything like that in this movie. Um, made it feel a little bit more grounded, gave it a little bit more interesting, more angles. But at the same time, too, they didn't add so much that it took away from the mystery of all or what the Hellraiser out of, oh, they added that lore, they added that kind of twist to the established lore, but it was dumb, <laughs> that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I do feel like they did a pretty good job bringing that around. Yeah, I think that's the way to describe it. It's like they kind of refined it. Like, because I feel like, you know, like we talked about in some of the, the other ones, like, how do people get possessed in certain ways? Like, why did Billy Joe not get possessed when she hit an eyeball? Like, you know, those kind of things. In this one, it's very, it is, I think, very much a, it's transferred by blood or something like that. Like, something has to yes. get inside you. Uh, Mia, literally. Which makes a lot and of then, sense. And uh, then mm-hmm. uh, a lot of people vomit, uh, you know, vomiting to get into them, um, you know, or you, or you have to die. I think it's either you're dead or you get, or you, like, you either have to be killed or you have to be zombied already. Um, mm-hmm. You have to, you know, get it into you, and that will turn you over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, and yeah, and like let's 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 talk about Mia for a sec. Um, how did you feel about it? So you know, we talked about how in the first movie, um, Cheryl, uh, who again is kind of the Mia surrogate or Mia's the Cheryl surrogate, I suppose, uh, mm-hmm. in the first movie gets very, uh, how to say, blatantly raped by trees in the first movie mm-hmm. to get the evil quote unquote into her. Um, and this one does something similar. 
but in a slightly different way. So in this one, uh, Mia is tripping, uh, you know, withdrawal. She goes out into the woods and she sees basically like a clone of herself. She sees a version of herself, um, which I think really kind of ties well into this addiction idea. Um, she sees this other version of herself and she does get wrapped. She does get grabbed by the trees and she does get penetrated by something, but it's not overtly sex. I like, mm-hmm. I think the first one is very clearly she is being took down and there is a stick going into her. And this one something does go into her again, but it, it, I don't know. I, it's weird to say that it's more tasteful, but I think it is. Like I, I didn't, I don't know. I think the first one, I just didn't get like this sex vibe of this one. I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, how did you think? I'll try to think about it. I'll explain this better. It's definitely feels less exploitation than the original mm-hmm. movie. And I'm wondering how much of that is a budgeting just then, just because they were able to have, you know, as movie techniques got refined and technology got better and that sort of thing too. It, it, it it's, it's definitely brutal. It's a really dark scene, but at the same time, what was the word I just used? It, it, it's less exploitation. Exploit, ex, exploitative. Uh, exploitative, yes. Um, on that front, it doesn't feel like, oh, we're tossing in this air just because sex or rape is scary or that sort of thing. It, it does feel like it's... I also think, too, now that I think about it, at this point in the movie, like we've already been through the opening scene. We've already been through all the shit that's been going around. Um, this is definitely a little bit. We 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 kind of know the tone of the move, uh, the film already. Whereas in the original Evil Dead, that was kind of the inciting incident. So, yep. Hmm. Well, I think that it's also telling or telling, but it's. I think it recontextualizes it in this one as well, in the sense that it's not just you know random trees. It's herself. She is being violated by herself, and like I don't mean violated in the sense of you know. The thing, but and it also like it, it comes out of her mouth. It's this evil that's pent up inside of this evil version of her. And it comes out of her mouth and crawls into her. And you know, again, we don't. I, I obviously we knew what we know where the where the where the thing went, you know, or where it's implied mm-hmm. it went. Um, but it's you know, it's not sexualized in any way. It is a gross thing. It is this like, you know, and I, I think you know, obviously they're hallmarking back to the original. But I don't know. I, I felt like it was contextualized in a completely different way. It was her being like infected as opposed to her being inseminated by evil, um, mm-hmm. which I feel like, and I know that sounds like it's, I know that it's dumb to say like, you know, it's clearly, this is a more graphic scene to a degree and clearly, you know, there's better effects involved. Um, but you know, it just didn't feel as blatant and it felt like a lot more, it was her character. Um, mm-hmm. I don't and it know. also I, kind of did something with the plot as well in terms of it got, um, yeah, the plot was, it, it helped kind of establish the plot because this is like the moment she gets possessed. And especially since, it's the whole, you know, she's going for the withdrawal at the moment. She's absolutely, you know, her mind is basically shattered at this point. Well, it, it could shatter even more later on. But at this point, yeah, her mind is just kind of all over the place as she's going through withdrawal. She's going through the hell at this point. And I, I liked that angle because it does give a legitimate reason why people don't believe her afterwards. Oh, um, yeah. Wait, and I think yeah. they also say at one point that the mom, like, had like a psychotic break. And so you're yeah. seeing that as well. Like, I almost would have preferred, like, I think it's great. I think... Not that I think it's interesting. I think I like I like the idea of the abomination or like the Mia doppelganger in this being her addiction and mm-hmm. being that part of her that's like constantly pursuing her and ruining all this shit and infecting her life. I think that's a really great kind of thing. Um, but I also would have been interested if they would have shown the mom as one of her visions because we never see that. I think I think you know they're they're miss they're missing an opportunity by having the mom be something uh, that she's like afraid of or like grosses her out because you know it is it is that thing that she she watched her die. And she watched, you know, she had the psychotic break. Um, that would have been an interesting element to add. 
Um, but yeah, I know. I, I do. I think just the context around it and the fact that Doppelganger is a character, the Abomination is a character in this movie, just really kind of makes that scene. I don't know. They, they took something that was clearly just egregious in the first movie and made it part of the plot, uh, mm-hmm. which I think was was smart. Um, yeah. And again, fucking terrifying. Like, great, great job. Like, I, I remember watching that, like, squirming as, as that was going on. And, like, just like you do in the first one, but in the mm-hmm. theater, I've been like, oh, God. Uh, I wonder, too, if it's just this movie is more professionally produced because the original Evil Dead movie, it was clearly, like, kind of a college film vibe that someone just made yeah. with a very, very low budget. Um, and again, like, the, the first movie is a lot more fun in that way just because it kind of harkens back to you know when we made videos as kids or movies as kids and that whereas i guess that kind of gives it an edgy teenager sort of vibe like oh i'm gonna include the tree rape scene because ah, rape is awful and this is a horror movie whereas this one i feel like okay this scene is going to be horrifying we've already established you know the level in which the violence is going to appear in this movie and then also too it's going to drive the plot forward like it serves a purpose in the plot of the movie Mm. Um, so I'm wondering if that has a big, just the production value has a big thing to do with it as well. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like, and else, like, you know, I, I think they even said that when they were talking about how they regret doing that first movie, that it would they, it was just for shock. It was just to, you know, it was, it was, it was to be that movie that people could talk about that happening in. Um, mm-hmm. so I think, you know, um, I think, you know, again, I, I, I think they, they could have left, left it out, but they could, but I think that the, what they did would do with the way they try, chose to use it again, have it be part of the addiction uh, you know, that, that, that kind of works. Um, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I, again, kind of a weird thing to talk about, but I think that they, they did improve on what was there, um, in a slightly more tasteful way. Um, I think, so what are some other parts that stood out to you? Uh, let's see, going on through, I really like the whole bathroom scene with, oh, um, yeah. Olivia, uh, fighting Eric on through, um you know obviously that was just with the needles and everything on that point that was really fucked up scene i like the scene where um mia takes a shower and then she turns it up basically to the point of scalding where like her skin starts burning off oh so i i think the scene that grossed me out the most of this entire movie was the ton knife where um, yeah the possessed natalie takes the knife or not natalie but the possessed was it mia yeah mia yeah yeah mia takes the knife and basically just splits her ton open oh god that was just well, then, I, then it I makes remember, out Natalie, right? Doesn't no, no, she bites yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. Or was, uh-huh. does she, does she kiss her? I can't remember. She does. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I always, I always uh-huh. kind of get a, Natalie and Olivia's possession kind of confused. Okay. Yeah. Um, it is uh, crazy. It is wonderful. So didn't that happen? Absolutely. Wasn't that like in the nineties where some guy like split his tongue surgically for like I don't know some weird I'm, like lizard man? That was a thing, I'm right? Sure th- I'm sure there's a lot of people uh, <laughs> kind of did that on that front. Uh, so. I, that, I could see that. Yeah. that, that I remember that scene in the trailer being like, oh, and then like seeing Yeah, I was just about to say, that seemed like the one scene that everyone latched on to. I, I remember I, seeing that all over, and I'm just like, stop reminding me of it. I do appreciate they showed that in the trailer, though, because then when it happened in the movie, I was like, okay. I know this is like, like, almost like, thank you for doing that, because like, I think <laughs> if I would have seen that cold turkey, I would have fucking shit my pants. I would have yeah. like, been like, oh, God, oh, God. That would have been another pencil in the leg scene for me. Uh, but knowing that it's How coming about- all the time. Uh, How about the scene where um, Olivia throws or Mia throws up on Olivia? Oh god, that's well. <laughs> oh, it, it's very. It always reminds me of the scene uh, in Evil Dead Two where they shoot the hole where the hand is and all the water comes out or all the blood comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, gross. Uh, and all like the fucking particulate matter that's in there. And you're like, oh, what is that? Um, I love watching the behind the scenes of this movie where like they hooked up the tube on the yeah. other side and just framed it and just like you could see it from the other side. And it was just like, ah. Dude, just imagine being uh, Olivia's actress in that. 
Oh, I bet I, I would love to star in one of these movies. I would be like, oh, what's that? You know, you're doing all this shit. Oh, this is fantastic. Like, again, it's gore is really fun to, mm. you know, film and make and play around with and that sort of thing, too, which is why a lot of amateur directors cater towards horror or gravitate towards horror movies. Um, it's just there's something about having practical effects gore that just is really fun to create, really fun to do. Hmm. Uh, you know, speaking of deaths, I do think we have to pour one out for uh, you know the saddest death of this movie, uh, Grandpa. Uh, I, I always forget Grandpa's in this movie, uh, partly because he's not really a character. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they find Grandpa's body, I'm always yeah. <laughs> like, "You son of a bitch!" Especially when it turns out it was Mia who killed him. <laughs> what the fuck, yeah. Mia? Yeah, yeah, that was that was a really depressing. Like scene. they could have cut that scene out of the movie. Uh, though I, I do like that it kind of shows David. Um, you know, because up until that point, David is pretty supportive of her, and I like mm-hmm. that when he finds uh, when he finds Grandpa beaten to death, he's like, "Get fucked!" And for the record, Grandpa is a dog. <laughs> for everybody who's thinking that she beats some Grandpa to death, um, Grandpa is their dog that they bring with them, and uh, we don't really see it happen, but we see like a scene of David realizing that she beat him to death with a hammer, um, and it's ooh, like it makes you kind of like "fuck you, Mia," but also like it it, it really makes da- explains David being like. Yeah, you're you're a little fucked up. Like I'm not gonna like his. It's showing his him losing sympathy for her, because um, you know you might be thinking, oh, she's going to withdraw. Why do they understand her? They really kind of help us to show that with David being like, you fucking killed our dog. <laughs> like, um, you know, I think that was, uh, I think that was, mm-hmm. you know, kind of sad. <laughs> and you know, again, uh, how to say it? Uh, serving the story, but still, you know, a little intense. Um, mm-hmm. But let's see. What else we got here? So we got that. We got the seller. Natalie cutting off her hand. Uh, yes, I love. And I love the makeup effects on just like how her hand is kind of like slowly getting possessed. And that was a great mm-hmm. callback to, you know, Ash cutting off his hand as well. So. Oh, yeah. Well, I love that like, it's the callback, but you don't get like, it was almost they're, they're like, they're like, hey, hey, remember this in Evil Dead, in Evil Dead 2? Remember this? Remember this? Remember this? Now it's going to traumatize you. They're like this fun thing that was kind of like, oh, look at this guy cutting off his hand. Now it's his power moment. This is showing like, Somebody cutting off their hand with first off with a fucking like electric knife, which is like you know we so we saw one of those in um possession possession the possession possession possessor you mm-hmm. know that movie, um, but I mean like that was like raw and like seeing uh, Mia in the background like yes yes get it get it do it now 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 and then like I don't know and the fact that she just like cuts it off like I love it because it's such a good. It's, it's a, I don't know. It's actually like a tragic scene that he comes back in and finds her, and she's standing there, and she's like, "I I did it," and the arm just falls to the ground, just mm-hmm. like sloughs off to the ground. It's so fucking gross. It's um, just yeah. It's and, and like no, it's hanging on by a thread at some points, and mm-hmm. it's just like the the sound effects were so good. Um, just everything is good on the sound effects. So okay, was that in the book? Was there like an arm cut off one? Like I'm trying to remember what her thing was. What was her? Because Mia was scalding water. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Olivia was cut off face. Uh, what were the other? Did we do we see everybody's um, little thing in I'm there? Not sure, honestly. Hmm. Uh, let's see. I'm gonna try to find this. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I thought I thought that was crazy. Um, because then at this point, I think that's when everything kind of goes to shit. <laughs> like mm-hmm. after uh, you know, after that happens, that's when um, because yeah, because then they have to kill her, right? Oh, because then that's when she gets the uh. That's when the nail gun, nail gun scene happens. Yep. Yep. Oh fuck the nail gun scene. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and she's like shooting herself in the face with it. Uh, uh-huh. 
Which, you know, I will say, uh, a lot of horror movies really love having that nail gun just shoot everywhere. And there is, like, a... On, on nail guns, there's, like, a little a pressure thing you have to push down at the end to allow the nail to be shot. Otherwise, it won't shoot. Um, so they always kind of forget that, I feel like. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how she did it with one hand. Um, but that seems great. And those nails were fucking huge, too. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember. Did the nails have rounded edge ends? Ooh, I don't remember, actually. I, think I feel like they sharing. did. I haven't seen it. I, I feel like all nail guns. Though. I feel like all nail guns I see don't have that because, you know, it has to pass through the little tube. So yeah. I don't think that the... Uh, I don't think that worked. I, 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 maybe the older ones do have that. And there's like a, you know, it could be an older style maybe. That could also explain why it's able to shoot from like 20 feet away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Cause yeah, also there, there's no, we didn't see any, like there's no hose attachment to it either, is there? Um, uh, no, I don't think so. I think it was just a standard nail gun. Yeah, interesting. <laughs> um, um, but that seems scary. Like, I, I feel like, you know, we, again, we see that in a lot of movies, the nail gun. Um, but again, I think this makes it rock. Cause you see the outcome. It's not just they get shot and they get killed. They get shot and they pull them out of themselves. And, like, you know, again, we see uh, Eric get his hand pinned to his body and he has to pull it out. Like, fucking gross. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, again, I, I love that that focus, though, where it's not just something that just gets shot at and they're done and they, and they you know, they tank it. We see them recovering from it. We see them, like, yeah. dealing with the, with the damage. Um, and they let the shots linger, which I think was the biggest kind of thing that makes it stand out for me. I was like, have you ever seen Crank 2? I have not, Jason no. Statham? Okay. So I'm going to spoil this minorly in terms of one scene that occurs in that film. Uh, But basically, there's this one scene where a dude has to cut off his nipple. And it is like you look at it and like the camera does not linger at all or lingers for a long time on it. Slowly, it feels like the whole scene takes forever. In reality, it only lasts for like five seconds. But the entire time you're watching it, you're just like, oh, my God, when's this going to stop? And like, of course, the guy's screaming in pain and all that sort of thing. And then like... After it's done, you kind of breathe, and you're like, whew, okay, it's done, it's over with. And then the person who's forcing him to cut off his nipple is just like, okay, now cut off your other nipple, and you have to go through the same thing again. That's what this movie feels like, just constant nipple cutting over and over and over again, where you think it's going to let up at some point, but it just, it never does until the very end. Oh, that sounds fucking terrifying. Yes, it's a great movie, and it's like it's not an extremely gory movie. It's just that one scene. It's played for just like this is ridiculous. This is you know gore for the sake of gore, but we know we know what we're doing. So <laughs> gross. Yeah. I want I want none of that in my life. Yeah, yeah. You're more of a cheese grater guy. I gotcha. Yeah, I'm all about that cheese grater. Uh, <laughs> but I'm you know oh god, fuck nipples. Ugh, ugh, ugh. I just like I can like feel it. <laughs> oh, that's so gross. Um, uh, uh, yeah, oh good movie. Um, I, I, I would recommend both movies. But anyway, um, how dare you? Yeah, um, I, I, we, you want to talk about the final act as well? Just after Mia, basically. So we find out that you know there's a way to save Mia, where basically is just to um, bury her, um, and if you you know bury her, someone alive, and then there's a few other things you have to do too, right? It, it, it's a live, it's a live burial with purification. I think is what they say. Like yeah, she, she, like she's that. purified through live burial, and she has to, and then she dies. And then I, I, I think that's the thing is she has to actually die. Mm-hmm. And then she gets revived. They have um, like an adrenaline shot or something like that. They give it to her, and then she's fine after that, basically. Whoa. But at that no. point, oh, Dan, you, you're oh no, it was a, it was you're a... underselling this completely. He, <laughs> okay, he, what is he it? puts a bag over her head, buries her alive. When, and then after she dies, he digs her up, shoves two hypodermic needles into her chest, hooked up to a car battery, and shocks oh, her back to life. <laughs> Fucking insane. It's just like, okay, what can we do to, uh, you know, basically revive this dead person? Yes, 
all of all of the above. <laughs> well, it's crazy because at that point everybody's dead. Eric did his little thing, like, and it's such like a. I, I get to. I, I do like that when Eric dies. He's like, "Hey, I, I missed you, buddy," and it's like this kind of like sad little moment of like, "Oh, mm-hmm. this guy they ignored." Gwen helped like went and died with him to help save his sister. What a what a great little scene. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I I really like that that Rez uh, scene. I thought it was great. Um, I it's surprising too because I, I thought the movie was over. I thought it, like and like yeah, and, me too. And, and, and I remember like I, when I thought it was over, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, I want to let down because I bring her back to life. But then it just keeps going, <laughs> uh-huh. and the, it keeps going is insane. So he goes back inside after that to get the car keys, and when he comes back in. Fucking Eric is now a deadite and stabs him in the neck with his little pliers that he used and cuts his carotid artery, I'm assuming. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so he uh, goes and closes the door. Or I think he goes, gives her the keys and then closes the door. Um, so with it locking himself in the house with Eric as the house is about to burn down. Uh, great scene. And actually, in the, in the extended cut, you actually see he, he, um, he does get possessed before the house blows up. Uh, mm-hmm. So in the end, that, that is the, all the souls, everybody gets possessed. Because um, right, I think they said they needed five souls. Yes. Yeah. Though I, I couldn't tell because she died, but she didn't. They didn't get her soul. Yeah, that's what I'm assuming happened at that point. Um, like, well, I was thinking, is the woman who dies at the beginning possibly uh, is she a soul? Is she one of the five? Mm-hmm. That, that could also be it, right? Yeah. That that uh, that would make sense, honestly. Because like, yeah, because I feel like I don't know. Like I guess she died, but she didn't get. They didn't get the soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I would, like, that was kind of weird that the evil leaves. You know, I don't know how that works. Seeing as, seeing as the evil possessed her body, not her soul. Um, but again, you know, the, the Necronomicon says it was going to work, so so it worked. Good job, mm-hmm. Necronomicon, from having a loophole yeah. in there. Um, <laughs> so we get our we get our big final climactic um, battle where basically Mia squares up against the Abomination, which is her doppelganger, her evil doppelganger. Which I always I always love that trope ever since Zelda Two with Link versus Dark Link. I always oh, love it when the protagonists you know face their own evil version of themselves. Um, but at, the, at this point, like the movie just goes balls to the wall crazy. Like it's literally raining blood. An entire car falls on Mia's arm, and she has to basically like rip it out. And it does the chainsaw, and it's just God. I I, I love the last twenty minutes of this movie. It's okay. so ridiculous. At this point, you're just like, okay, it's just it's blood everywhere. Well, I mean, it I've is. heard Fede Alvarez really said he was actually inspired by um, the the Water Temple in Zelda. He, he said, "Oh that. yeah, no, that yeah. hundred percent, and that that's why that's that's why he's in so much pain. That makes sense." Exactly. No, so he, he he saw that, and he was, he he was like he's thinking about how to make this better, and he was just like, you know, like there's gonna be a blood. It's like almost like a water, a temple of water. One might say a temple of blood, mm-hmm. and he just you know he really he really wanted that hook shot. You know, it really reminded him a lot of that. So he was like, "I'm gonna uh, you know I'm gonna." gonna bring it back and make it relevant again you know and that's <laughs> that's why we're getting that ocarina of time remake uh on 3ds pretty shortly after that was that was all him it's really <laughs> that, that was his goal he wanted to, wanted yeah. to remind them miyamoto and that to, you know bring it back um, yeah definitely but i mean overall <laughs> like we could keep talking about the scenes of this movie we love but i mean we're just gonna keep going on and on forever i i kind of want to make a bigger picture in terms of like overall now that this movie is done and over with and, you know, we've got Ash versus Evil Dead and everything like that, do you consider this movie a worthy successor to the Evil Dead series? Again, I think it's I think it's the best the series has done. I think mm-hmm. I like I, I, I know that the, the Evil Dead nowadays and nowadays and, you know, our modern culture is that, um, you know, is is the campiness is all of that. But I think this really takes that concept and goes to where it could go with horror. Like. I think it. I think this kind of fulfills the promise of the first movie. I think that the second and the third movie in Ash vs. Evil Dead kind of made it their own kind of comedic genre. 
But I really think this is fulfilling that promise of the first one, of this mm-hmm. really kind of gory, scary movie um, that... I, 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 you know, again, I, I to what me, they're, Sam they're, they're Raimi different wanted things. to do. This is what Sam Raimi wanted to do with the very first movie. He just didn't have the budget or the talent at the time to do it. Exactly. Like, and I, I think this is like, you know, it's, it's clearly, as Fede Alvarez says, you know, it is, it is connected to the first movies. You know, it has the classic there. It has, or the Delta. It has, um, uh, Ash at the end there, implying that in the same universe. Um, but, you know, it's its own thing, and I, and I really like this idea that it's this cycle of the, the the book creates these events, and it just needs the people to sacrifice. It needs people to die, essentially, for it. And I really like that. You know, and clearly, what happens at, at um, the end of number two fucked up the you know the evil's plan. <laughs> like you know, like I, I got the impression at the end of this one that the evil's not dead. She just put you know she fucked up their cycle. You know, like the just just kind of like in the, at the end of Evil Dead too. Like it's this idea that. The evil uh, goddess sacrifices became, you know, became corporal again, Cor- corporal, corporal, had, mm-hmm. had a body again, and you know, got fucked over by Mia, and in the, you know, while in the Evil Dead Two, it got dragged into the, in back in time. Um, so I like that idea that you know, it's just gonna keep fucking trying to come out again. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't, and, and again, I think that that ending fight is amazing. It's it's kind of scary. It's badass. I think it again improves on her losing her arm in a really kind of fucking gross way, uh, mm-hmm. and again she doesn't even fucking get a, like she doesn't get the gauntlet arm. She just gets to like shove it into the holder and hope that does it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's just like, an overall all around improvement. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's it's fantastic, really really good. Um, you know, you're not going to get the same comedy as you did with the Ash in the previous films, but at the same time, if you're looking for a really intense, I mean, probably this is one of the most intense horror movies I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And the advertising was all about, like, you know, this is the most terrifying film you've ever seen, anything like that. The, the, the most terrifying film you've ever, ever experienced in that classic poster where Jane Levy's back is turned around and she's mm. just, you know, in her red dress and just scattered and tattered all over the place. Um I, I love that poster. I think it's a great kind of representation of what the film is. And that statement's the most terrifying film you've ever experienced. I do think in terms of, you know, gore level and intensity, absolutely. Mm. Like jump scare, probably not as much, but in terms of just a sense of dread the entire way through and the intensity of it, it it, it nails the mark on that front. But I think that's so. actually a great thing you mentioned. I feel like there aren't a lot of jump scares in this. Yeah. Like, like, you think about it, like, even, like, you know, they could have, with the nail gun, had, like, you know, she shows down the darkness and gets them. Or, you know, mm-hmm. with Mia walking out to throw up on Olivia. But, like, you know, you hear them coming, you hear the nail gun shooting into her head, preparing you for what's going to come up. Like, it's, it really, you know, I, I really think it, it, it's, it's almost like a master class, I feel like, in a, to a degree, in these, um, and kind of, you know, make, taking these tropes or taking a horror movie and showing you how to present it. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, even with, with the, with the, the, the tongue thing, they show you that in the trailers. You know that's coming, of a huge shocking scene. Even in the, the cutting the face of the mirror, they show these scenes, but they're still scary, even though you know they're coming. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because they're crazy gross out. Like, yeah, they're gross, but they're not like, you know, zooming in on the blade, cutting, you know, the flesh. It's, you know, it's like it's a respectful distance away. Um, and, you know, they yeah, know with... how long to linger on the gore, and they know how long to get the maximum impact out of it. It, it. It's like the old Alfred Hitchcock quote where, you know, tension or drama or not te- tension is basically like, okay, picture two men sitting at a dinner, you know, they're having a good conversation and then everything explodes. That's not tense at all. But, you know, go ahead and revise that scene, but include a five second clip before the scene of someone placing a briefcase under the table with a bomb in it. And then that scene is just becomes so much more tense. Um, exactly. Yeah. 
they they do a great job with this in this movie in terms of not jump scares but just it's tense the whole way through something's going to happen you may know what's going to happen but even when you wait in even as you're waiting for it you're still pretty crazy with it so and i I do like again like i don't i wish i knew more about like i don't know like how to say this i think this probably has a very tertiary view of addiction and recovery um and i don't you know i'm sure there's a lot of different ways to analyze this i don't think it's that strong i'm sure there aren't a lot of it doesn't I, i just from my little knowledge it doesn't have there's a lot of direct parallels but i do like that they framed it around the idea of her recovering because you know at the end she is she is recovered right she went through the mm-hmm. the the withdrawal she went through like you know she comes out kind of clean to a degree obviously covered in blood which i think is almost you know but she has not to literally take, but metaphorically yes you know she loses something she sacrifices her arm she loses uh-huh. family she lo- like you know it's this idea that she has to kind of struggle through this um and comes mm-hmm. out the other side and i i like that i like that that's like a you know, a thing for her. It's not, you know, it's not just Ash who, you know, there's nothing, like, if, if you think about any of the, the uh, Evil Dead movies, Ash doesn't go on a journey. He maybe gets, you know, he goes on a journey of being, you know, getting the shit beaten out of him and stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the end, he's like not, you know, Ash, Ash and Evil Dead 1 are the same Ash at the end of Evil Dead 1. Evil Dead 2, he comes out as pompous Ash. He ends as pompous Ash. 3, same thing. He's a super dick, ends as super dick. You know, like, he doesn't really change. Um, but I really think Mia changes a lot in this one. She, you know, mm-hmm. she goes from this kind of really, even if you want to think about a clothing design, like she comes in uh, with kind of, I don't know, frizzy hair, the way to describe it. You know, she's, she has kind of puffed up hair. She's wearing a, a big sw- a, a big sweater and like, you know, baggy clothing and stuff and kind of always wrapped her arms wrapped around herself. It ends with her in kind of very uh, thinner clothing, uh, you know, like a, like a dress, something like that, I think what it is, you know, but with a lot of exposed flesh kind of showing and stuff. And like you know, hair down blood. I think it's you know the the Mia you get at the end. Uh, you know, even taking out the blood is a very different looking Mia than the one you start out with, and even the way she acts and her desperation. And like so, I think that's you know it's showing character growth throughout the movie. Um, and I'm just I really enjoy that. I think that's why this movie stands out to me as better, even though I love Bruce Campbell. I think that uh, and I love the character of Ash. I just think that Mia really I don't know takes it away from me in terms of just like being a character and yeah you know, mm-hmm. being you know again I, I think. Even though she's a drug addict, I think she's a better character and a better person than probably Ash was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, you know, in and, and the later movies. I think, again, I think Ash 1 is the sweetheart, but uh, Ash 2 and 3 is... Evil yeah. Dead is definitely kind of all over the place, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, sorry, I just zoned out for a little bit because... Your food's here? My Dasher. My Dasher is downstairs somewhere at some point. They're, uh. they're driving up right now. All right. All right. So well, any final thoughts on Evil Dead Rise? Or not Evil Dead Rise, gosh. Well, next episode is going to be Evil, Evil Dead, Dead Rise. This one was Evil Dead 2013. Definitely both of us recommended on that front. Mm-hmm. Um, and and but, also, uh, you know, based on this and based on uh, Don't Breathe, Fede Alvarez's other movie, which is very similar, I think kind of very, like, I don't yeah. know, uh, dark and sad, makes me so fucking pumped for Aliens Romulus because he is directing Aliens Romulus. <laughs> so I really hope he takes this. Like, I, th- I really... Again, I, I loved uh, Prometheus and uh, Covenant, but I really hope he takes this in because I think he has a great way of making a dark movie that's not just like dumb dark, like traditional sci-fi, like oh man, the man and you know corporatism. But I like I think he really kind of I don't know makes these depressing and bleak movies, and I think that Alien could really use that. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I want to see this fucking gory Alien. I'm really excited to see the stuff he does with like body horror. I think it'll be amazing. I hope that the yeah, studio definitely. doesn't tie his hands too much. Yeah, we, we shall see. Hopefully, not too bad on that front. 
All right, cool. We'll definitely recommend Evil Dead and uh, check us next week as we will go ahead and review Evil Dead Rise. Uh, currently, we are recording this on a Tuesday. We are going to go ahead and try and record sometime next week. I don't know. I'm going to try and see it on Sunday. Um, I don't know about you, but we'll probably record sometime during the week and we will send that out and set it up as soon as we can. Uh, but anyway, thank you all so much for listening. Once again, this has been Predator Screwheads Talk Horror Movies. Thank you so much to our opening band and theme song, which is um, Teddy's Atlas with the song Horror Movie Story. You can get that off the album Children of the Corn. They are good, good Canadian boys. Check us next week for Evil Dead Rise. Our thoughts on that, as well as our cheese grater suggestions. And I don't know, our mommy issues, maybe. We'll see. <laughs> good stuff. Well, uh, thank you all so much for listening. And 